Welcome to Daddy Square, Alex. We made it. We made it to what? To the season finale. Oh, yay! yay. <laughs> like Game of Thrones, we're gonna we're gonna stretch it out for like three years after this till the next one, so that you'll all be desperate, desperate well, for another episode. We won't do that. No, definitely not. We'll be returning in next spring. Uh, but throughout the season, we've been a complaining about how hard parenting is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think that's that's, exa- that's basically what we did, and yeah. also we talked about issues that uh, may arise for gay dads, and we hosted gay dads. That's true. That's what we've done. I I think that we we've complained. I feel that I've complained very eloquently about parenting, and uh, uh, and and we and definitely know how to complain. We we're It's really in our system. we're really good at it. We're good at it, and we welcome complaints from other uh, gay parents uh, who can write us at hello at daddysqr dot com. Hi, Alex. Good morning. <laughs> Good yeah, morning. I've been uh, sleeping uh, very poorly lately. Uh, so this episode is a little different. Uh, we have two guests with us. Alex, do you want to explain the season finale topic? Sure. You know, uh, um, there are so many things that happen when you uh, decide to become a parent and then when you become a parent. So many huge changes that happen in your life as a parent. Uh, but one of the things that isn't always obvious to To people before they get into this is the effect that it can have on your social life in general that's kind of the fuzzy way of looking at it but much more importantly on the personal life that you have with people who are very very close friends of yours especially people who are close friends of yours who themselves don't have children it's it's a radical shift and Oh, and are gay it yeah. is a it is a <laughs> right, we're outing we're outing the two people who we're going to be interviewing today <laughs> turns out they're gay anyway but the point is that it is it is a radical shift in your own life it's a radical shift in their lives too and we thought it would be really valuable to try to talk about this with them with our close friends and with people who uh, who have close friends who've been interviewed on this show before um, to get a feel of Uh, from them about what the impact is on the relationship that they have uh, with gay dads. Yeah, apparently it's also been uh, the, the issue that people were most concerned about when they wrote us emails. Like most of the... You mean pers- pers- prospective parents? Prospective parents, yes. Prospective dads have, ri- have been written us throughout the season asking about uh, what's, what's going to happen and how can we uh, preserve our friendship with our uh, gay friends you know so I just want to say like for me uh, going into this I knew because everyone talks about it what the impact was going to be on as I said before my social life that kind of big fuzzy concept of you know going out and having the freedom to do things etc I understood that at least conceptually but I don't think I really thought about the effect that it was going to have on my direct and specific relationship with Scott who we will be interviewing Yay. for a minute um, and on On other very close friends of mine because I guess I said well no but it's Scott nothing can change that relationship uh, but it can and that's what we're here for so today. we brought two guests today uh, we have Dwayne here in the studio uh, who was referred to us by a couple you have uh, met on the show Tommy from episode three uh, the dead bo- dead bod episode did I say gotta stop saying it like dead bod it's not dead, dead not dead, dead bod dad. the Israeli accent yeah I'm sorry And Richard, uh, <laughs> the lawyer from last week that we talked to, Dwayne is their best friend. 
Uh, and we also have our uh, closest friend Scott who's uh, known Alex forever I, th- I want to say 17 years yeah uh, and his watch has been thrown into the cold freezing water of poop ah remember that the cold so, freezing wa- the freezing cold water of poop yeah <laughs> wow in the past three That's years beautiful <laughs> yeah before we start uh, I want to add that Alex and I have created a gift for all of you who are listening to us it's a mini magazine uh, with some quotes links and material that you can download for free uh, just go to the website at daddysqr.com uh, and download it for free it's fun and it's cute and it's valuable I think now we can start hello Dwayne and Scott hello Hey guys, how are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself, like uh, who you are and how did your friendship with a couple start? Dwayne, you can okay, start. Okay, I'll start. Uh, my name is Dwayne Landry. Um, I have lived in L.A. off and on for about 24, 25 years. And over the years, just through uh, mutual friends or parties or anything like that, uh, met Tommy. I believe I met Tommy first, um, probably like 15, 16 years ago. Uh, and then met rich you know not too long afterward um, and you know children no children you know we've always been you know great friends so, um, so you met them before the children oh I met before. them before they met each other oh yeah I knew them independently oh, so, you've, oh. so you've experienced two pretty significant yes. changes yeah from yeah the time that you first met yeah that's cool okay and when and so how many years did you know them before they had kids I actually I had, I had the uh, the benefit of actually living with them before they had the kids oh wow um, just before uh, I was living with them when they were planning you know the whole process um, so I would say probably with the boys are t- seven eight years at least okay before the kid that uh, experience sounds like a whole different episode <laughs> yeah oh it is it is you know late night ice cream you know in, in the kitchen right. so what sounds a little do? bit golden <laughs> oh, golden girls if you say it nice as ice cream but we think that it was probably something else <laughs> it's a different podcast and Scott yes I'm Scott I am Alex's best friend and we've known each other I think we just said 17 years so um, he was actually my neighbor We met through a mutual friend, Merrick. Oh, yeah. And Hi, Merrick. Hi, Merrick. Hey, Chol. And um, <laughs> that's Merrick's phrase. Um, but yeah, and then it just, it really helped that we were next door neighbors, I think was what really started yeah. it all. But then I knew him before Yanir, in fact, long before Yanir. That's right. Oh, that's right. This is another situation where you come before two major changes right. in, in my life. I protested him so many times, and yet you still married <laughs> There him. There was nothing we could do. Put him on the boat. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why do you think uh, your friendship passes the test of time? I think for me, it's uh, it, it sort of started with Tommy. Uh, Tommy and I are both from the South. He's from Texas. I'm from Louisiana. Uh, we have a very similar kind of like sassy, dry humor. Um, you know, and then when he and Rich got together, there's a lot about Rich that I also identify with. Uh, Yeah, we have you know we have great conversation uh, we have a really good time together and, and just the three of us especially when we live together we just had a really good time we're just really fun guys very smart really friendly outgoing caring um, I come from a really big uh, family back home so when I came when I came to LA I, I tried to recreate that and they were uh, very much a part of that so. so they had so they had uh, kids well, who, uh, what did they have they had two twins I think 
Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I forget things. Um, and no that was and that was how many years ago? Uh, that was ten years ago. Yeah, it was Austin so, Hayden. So what? So what's happened to your relationship with them since then? How has it oh, changed? Oh, it's gotten it's gotten tighter. It's gotten better. It's gotten more valuable. It's gotten more intimate. Um, you know, I one of the things that I know they both were concerned about is exactly what you guys were talking about at the beginning. What is this going to do to my friends? What is this going to do to you know my weekends? How you know when am I going to see people? Who's going to reach out? Who's going to still be around? Right. You know, and it's not that people care less. It's just that once you do go off in that family lane, you know, single guys kind of stay in the single lane, and, right. and you know they do they do diverge. Right. Um, and I think for me, it's like I you know, and I'm I'll try not to get. Oh, please get emotional. Just <laughs> let me just make something clear. One of my goals in every episode is to make somebody else or myself cry. So, go. I genu I genuinely love the guys, and um, so when they were talking about having a family, I, I was I was sincerely happy for them, and and I knew I'd be a part of it. Like but, I, I just knew. But so, if I can ask, do you want to have children? I did at one point, uh, but I think that door may have closed. Okay, you know, uh, for me. I never wanted to do it uh, as a single man because uh -huh. uh, I, I know the challenge. I, I'm familiar with what that challenge would be like. Um, you know, so I always wanted to do it with a partner. Right. And that hasn't been that hasn't been the way my life's unfolded yet. So, so because I have to say, one of the things that I took from what you just said that I thought was really interesting was you talked about it a lot from the perspective of the couple who had the kids, and not at all from your own perspective. You talked about the concern that they have about whether or not friends would remain their friends and remain in their lives, but you didn't say whether they were going to remain in your life. And what I wonder is, did you did you ever fear the idea that as parents with kids, they would stop having enough time for you? Absolutely not. Never, it never. Was, it never crossed my mind that. I mean, there there are, there are occasions where um, I wish they could come to something, or they wish I could come to something. Um, but it, I was never, I was never afraid that I wasn't going to see them again, or that they weren't going to make time for me. Right. So, oh. so that that's that that that's my perspective. Got it. Yeah. Hey, Scott. Hey. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that things might be a little bit different between us. I think you're right. Tell, um, tell actually, you know, it's interesting it. hearing you say that, Dwayne. Um, my concern, I, I think you touched on something that is the first sacrifice of the friend is realizing you've got to change some for them, for the couple. Right. Like, Alex knows that I really I don't see myself having kids. It's not really ever been something that I wanted. Um, and I think part of that, too, is because I've also not been in that long relationship that I thought was loving enough and, and strong enough that I would want to support children in it. So that could change. But again, that, you know, I'm getting older. And so the window of time's kind of collapsing there. But um, my concern wasn't so much for me. It was that I knew how much your lives would change, especially because you were going for two kids. Yeah. And uh, I think even more than you did. You and I used to actually talk about this. And, oh, I had no idea what yeah, I was doing. You're yeah. like, it's fine. I'm still going to go to the gym. We're still going to get together. We're still going to do our dinners and our movies and all this. Don't worry about it, Scott. I've got it covered. Delusional. Delusional. I was a little bit delusional. Yeah. And I was like, 
really? Do you really think? And he's like, it's fine. Fast forward to two or three months after the kids, he's like, I don't know what I was talking about. I'm crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, there was something in that. Look, I, I, I have to say that you know, you and I. One of the things that I think is a real uh, blessing in our relationship is that you and I have been very open long before the kids uh, came. When you know, one of us thought that the other was 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 not doing it right in the right. relationship, and we right. we've had those talks since the kids came as well. Um, that's been really meaningful uh, and important to me. But you know, the thing is that our relationship has. I, I'm speaking for myself here. Our relationship may not have changed in our hearts, but it has changed in our time. Yeah. I mean, we we don't spend as much time together. Um, we when we do spend time together, it's weird because I'm almost always nearly at the door of collapse. You know, anyway. Uh, but you know, it's it's a shorter time, or it's hey, come play with me and the kids, which can be. Lovely, but it's different. It's a it's a radically different, you know, kind of relationship. And I'll say that um, when I think about my gay life, I never had the kind of you know I never did party drugs and all that kind of stuff. But but when I think about my gay life, um, you know, I think very much about you and the you know the trips we used to take and the things we used to do together and the image that I have of what has happened to my gay life always involves an image of you and you know there's so much less of it than there used to be and it is one of the real it's one of the real losses for me um you know most of the rest of the stuff that I don't have anymore I'm like eh you know whatever but when i think about you know the 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 fun and the the lightness of the relationship that i had with you all those years um yeah that's something that that hurts that one hurts Dwayne, riches and tommy's kids are much older so you can you have much more perspective to look back and yes. maybe tell us do you see like ups and downs in the relationships like times where they were less available or more available well there was like I said, there was a unique opportunity, like right when, uh, right when they were planning to have the boys, uh, where I lived with them, and that was great. You know, we were really tight, and you know, we were going through. You know, so I you think, were probably involved with every step. Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah. I was there when you know when we're looking at when they're talking about topics of you know egg donor Y, you know, uh, surrogate B, um, you know, those sorts of things. Um, but then. Right after the boys were born, I ended up getting a job in New York and moved to New York for a few years. Um, but that, even then, that didn't stop. You know, they ended up coming to New York. I came back. You know, we stayed. We stayed in contact. And I don't know if it was ever said or if it was just a feeling that we always had between each other. Um, but it, it, all through these years, if there was any at any point I needed either time, attention, assistance, or if they needed the same, it was it was an open door like almost literally an open door you know so so there's never a concern um you know we're you know like i said earlier are there times where i wish they could show up of course of course um let me ask you something so before the kids came yeah um 
keeping in mind that this is a family friendly uh, podcast, what what are the what are the gayest things that you would do with them the as gayest friends? Things. The gayest things. I mean, I'm sorry to be stereotypical. No, I'm not. I kind of well, like it. Um, what? I, I think I don't think it'd be uh, stepping the boundaries uh, or divulging you know anything I, I shouldn't by saying you know we'd go to dance parties mm-hmm. uh, we went on uh, one or yeah w- at least one or two Atlantis cruises mm-hmm. um, we would take road trips up to Mammoth you know to uh, go skiing for Gay Ski Weekend okay um, we would throw stupid silly fun really gay parties <laughs> at the house yeah. Um, you know. Um, okay, so I'm so, available yeah. for such activities. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so since the kids were born, did it drop off of a cliff? Um, those first, things, the things I think you at listed. First, yeah. Um, you know, we've got the benefit of, of the boys now being you know ten years old, mm. um, and you know their sleepovers and their camps and you know things that they can do to occupy their you know time and, and contribute to their growth. But it frees Papa and it frees Daddy to go right. to go be a little gay and you know let off some steam or be a lot gay, right. you know? a lot of steam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, so yeah, I think in the beginning there's that. You, I think you were talking about it like, oh my God, what did I do? And then you get it, you understand it, you move on, you start you, you start to fi- you know figure it all in into your into your system into your life, and you start slotting people at events and things, and then you hit a rhythm. Right. I think they've hit a really good rhythm. So Scott. Yes. Um, See how much how many notes does he have? He has lost. Scott brought Scott brought notes, <laughs> and I'm perfectly happy to just let you read them off. <laughs> but I did want to ask you. So um, I'm interested to understand your perspective of how you see me as your friend and how your perception of me. Uh, as your friend has changed since three years ago when the kids came? Well, I think it actually goes back further than that because I think what's kept us strong friends and what we've learned over these years, these 17 years, is that we've actually been through so many things together between personal life issues and work drama and, you know, issues like 9-11, whatever, things that happened... Um, you moved to Israel for a few years. And I right. remember that was a big deal because I'm like, all of a sudden, my best friend, my best friend is gone. Right. And so I think going into this, um, I knew that that was going to change. And it did. It changed dramatically. I mean, I went from seeing you several hours a week to maybe one hour a month. Right. A lot of times. Yeah. Um, which I don't like. Um, I would say the biggest challenge for me has been, there's two things. One, it's made me rethink how I think about our friendship because it's easy for me to say you don't have time for me and for me to be upset, but the intellectual side of me says, of course you don't have time. You're, you're great parents. I mean, I watch you guys and you're wonderful parents. And so I'm thrilled about that. And that's a sacrifice that I kind of have to make is that that pushes me out a little. Now on the flip side, the part that I think is not great is that there's times when I need you that you are not there and probably vice versa. But there has been some very specific times where I felt like you failed me Mm. And he wanted me to be very upfront and honest. Yes. So that, yeah. that's why I'm saying it. And I, and the fact that long ago you and I talked about we would be brothers. Like we got past the point of saying, you know, we're going to fight one day and just not be in each other's lives. Like we realized years ago that we would just be family. Yeah. So that's the thing that kind of keeps me going is that I know that ultimately your heart is pure and honest and 
it's not that you don't want these things or you don't want to hang out with me or whatever and vice versa like I think too that if I was in a kind of long-term committed relationship us being together may be easier but being single and like I'm trying to date and get to know people and then right. you're trying to take care of kids and those schedules don't match up well yeah the schedules don't match up well and, and I think that uh, what's also true is that um, it's funny I, I tried I, I try and I think I succeed in this area to maintain real perspective of what it's like to spend time with me and uh, in addition to being tired you know I, I have people who, who say, well, uh, why can't your friend come and spend, you know, hang out with you and the kids for the day? And I'm like, because why? Because, you know, because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I would say here and there, I would like more of that to happen, but there's a limit to how much I would have ever expect you to hang out with me and my kids because it's, you know, traumatic. Um, and some of it's even logistics. I mean, your kids usually go to bed at seven or eight. Yes. Yeah. You know, I work until five or six. I live on the other side of the hill. Right. I could get there just in time for them to be going to bed, which is then usually when you go to bed. So, so very true. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I I, I, I do want to say this. Uh, um, you know, in our in our seventeen year what too too close. Um, <laughs> not the friendship, the microphone. Sorry. Um, in in our seventeen years, as you said, there have been a lot of things that have happened in both of our lives. And, you know, I remember that I went through a relationship with somebody that was. Um, I would say damaging is is a good term for it. A damaging to me, and it was a very difficult relationship. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I was that was devastating. I'm just saying damaging. Um, and I I sort of have this. Uh, I imagine this thing going through your head at that time, where you said, "Yeah, this is gonna suck for a while," but he'll be back in my life again in a way that is um, you know that is something that I'll love and need and that you sort of took a deep breath and said um, let's let's give it some time you know right. and I think I've done that once or twice in my side for you this is a much bigger thing but maybe an example of the same thing and and I think that it's interesting that you have a um, you know, uh, you're much later in the process of older kids. So right, I think right. that uh, it's interesting to see the way these two relationships have unfolded. Uh, Dwayne, do you relate to what Scott said about the route to uh, dating versus the route of kids? Um, as far as my route to dating kids? Yeah, um, yeah I identified with, I mean, I've, I've had uh, a few sort of almost long-term, but uh, ultimately unsuccessful relationships that did not end in children. Um, so, but it was never, like I, re I have certain friends where it was a driver. Like I, I want to have children, I want to have, you know, a partner. Um, for me, it was always, okay, if it happens, it happens. Yeah. If not, what, you know, whatever. And I have some friends who, who are hell-bent on doing it alone, if, if that's the case. Um, and, but I'm just, I, I've always been either way. But I do want to go back to something you said earlier about, uh, about these guys uh, and it, it sort of being a sort of like family. Mm -hmm. um, 
that and that's how it is. I don't want to be cliche, but that's how it is with Tommy, uh, Tommy and Rich. I mean, they very are, are much family um, because there have been times where I have felt loved, let down by them, um, either because they weren't there or, or because I, I would I would like for them to sense that yes, he needs he needs me right now. Um, and I know that I've I've probably done the same with them with with not being present or something like that. But uh, for me, it's it's that it, it, it's the it's the gratitude and the the forgiveness and the allowance that you give family, right. and that comes into play. Right. And and I think it's crucial, particularly in the in the in the early years when when they're when they still are trying to figure it out because you're trying to figure it out too. And right. I, don't, I don't always do the same thing. I mean, I gave the boys their first guns without permission. That they were toy guns. <laughs> Well, you're from Texas, so I'm surprised. I'm surprised <laughs> uh, that they were toy Texas? toy guns. I, I'm from Louisiana. Tommy, oh, Tommy's from Texas. Potato, potato. But I gave as far as guns, I gave them the first dresses, and the guys were fine with it. That's true. <laughs> and the boa. Um, but do but, you see? Um, but your, your dating life. Yes. Do you feel like comfortable talking to them about that when you see that they're all like all over their heads with kids and stuff like that? Yeah, because I was saying like I'm still trying to get into that relationship. Right, whatever. Yeah. You're dealing with building your family, which are two kind of different. They yeah, pull you exactly. in different directions. Yeah, I think with those guys, they 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 we have a very open uh, line of communication, so they know exactly where I am with my relationships and and how, like I went through a hellacious uh, breakup last year that was nowhere near having a children, probably because he was a child. <laughs> um, well, I'm sorry, not probably. Not that that doesn't probably, happen. But yeah. Um, you know, um, so, so yeah, so they're, they're, you know, they're very in sync with where I am and I'm very in sync with where they are. Right. And it, and it usually, it usually doesn't take more than like a, a two minute conversation to, to recalibrate after I've not talked to them for a bit. Right. You know? I have to say, I'm, I'm amazed when I see, and I have seen this, uh, um, Uh, people who have um, kids, gays, like gays who have kids, and you say, my God, you've really forgotten. Like, I'll, I will say, and Scott, you correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think I've forgotten that dating is incredibly hard and complicated and uh, that there's a lot of pain uh, when it doesn't go right, etc. But boy, And disappointment. And disappointment. But, but I... I know some gay parents where they act as if, oh, that's that's nothing now. You wait till you have children, right, and I'm right. like, wow, what a tremendous loss of perspective. It's really poopy, that is. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't think that's you guys at all. In fact, I think because you're so welcome to hear something that is not about your kids, <laughs> yes, that you're, exactly. you're even more yes. like, tell us all, tell us what it was like. You know, yeah. start at the beginning, go it, through the end. When I tell Tommy and Rich, I've yeah. met someone, they're like. Photos, yeah. Right. Is, there, is there a video? <laughs> yeah. Because I'll be like, how are the kids? They're like, move on. How was your day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're alive. Good. I'm moving. Very glad to hear that. That's, that's great. <laughs> They've had a bath. Move on. <laughs> oh. oh. And so did we. So, yeah. <laughs> What do you think is the difference between a straight guy with a straight married friends and and yours? Um, I think I think this goes back to. I, one thing that always strikes me is that you know as gay men we move to these big cities and we do create these families um, I, I don't and I, I, I can't speak for straight men when you mean uh, create these families you mean these groups of gay men, of gay men that we right. surround ourselves right. with they, they become surrogate families to us yes and it's where we find our safety our security uh, and our sex um, sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh my god sex let's change the nature of the podcast immediately and, 
and and I don't know that the same thing happens in the straight community, you know. Um, so so I, I think for for gay men who who start having children, they they kind of take themselves out of the safety of the pack, you know, and they start having having you know to go at it alone with their partner. Um, I don't know if it's the same in the straight community. I don't I don't think they look at their friends in in that way. I don't think there's that same sense of uh, solidarity and inclusion. I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I'm not a straight man, so I'm speaking from my yeah. perspective and what I see in my community and my friends. So, I'd agree with that, and I would say that the friends I have that are gay with children and the friends I have that are straight with children, I really don't see a difference either in how I interact with them. Mm -hmm. It's not right. you just become parents. It doesn't matter what your orientation is to begin with. They're just as invested and busy with their kids as you are, and they try to find time to, you know, sneak away and do stuff just like you guys do. I don't, it hasn't been a big difference to me. I mean, I guess one question would be um, the nature of the relationship that you had with that straight couple or the individual before they had kids was probably different than the Correct. nature of the relationship you had with me or, or another right. gay man. So the question is, uh, does... Does the gayness go away when the kids come? Absolutely not. I don't think so. No. no. Okay. no. Well, that's <clears throat> that's good because I'm holding on tight to the gayness. Yeah, me too. Uh, Dwayne, since you uh, watched them grow up, what year was the most annoying to you? What year was the most annoying? Oh, yeah. oh my that's god, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if it's the most annoying, but I, I think the one that was most enlightening is when they started uh, showing what their personalities were and who they were. Because um, it was really interesting to see one take on the characteristics and dynamics of one parent and the other take on the uh, uh, dynamics of the other parent. And to see that uh, play out in a relationship and then see the same dynamics play out in a brother relationship. It was really interesting because right. they because they fight and bicker about the exact same things, just. Oh as, but as you know, Tommy and Rich as a as a partnership, and then and then the boys as brothers. And what year was that? What year of their lives? Um, I would say, well, I think typical for any children, it's like you know five or six is when they start expressing themselves. They start asserting themselves. Mm. Um, yeah. So it was it was really it was really interesting to see. You're like, oh wait a minute, they're fighting about the exact same things. And Tommy and Rich are like. <laughs> Where did they get that from? <laughs> <laughs> Your children are advanced at three yeah. and are doing that already. Yeah, they're, they're expressing themselves all right. Yeah. Actually, what? for me, it's, yeah. this is the more exciting time actually for me to get to know your children because I feel like they're becoming little people. And that's, as they were younger and toddlers and infants and stuff, it was just kind of like, hi, and they just kind of look at you and they don't know what's going on. And now you can actually, they Talk know us them. and they, you yeah. know, so it's a little more interesting. I think for... Um, for us, for me, uh, you know, the first year of their lives was far and away the hardest. Um, more because of the shock to my life than anything else. Right. Um, you know, uh, I had no idea what I was getting into, and and it and it really you know threw me off in a pretty serious way. Um, so I guess my question, Scott, for you would be: Have you found? Um, have you found me more accessible over time or has it been pretty much the same or worse? I would say as of now, it's been about the same, mm. but I think that your attitude is different because the first year we talked, it was much more kind of like, here's my shoulder. You need to cry on it. Like, Oh yeah. You know, I knew it was hard for you. I could tell 
that it was challenging. Right. It was something new that you're adapting to. Now it's just that you're busy the same way you were, mm. but you're happier with it. Right. So it's our conversations are different just because it's different for you. But what year was the most annoying? Yeah, that's right. You didn't answer uh, the question. <laughs> uh, what year you know most, what? I, I guess it was... I just, uh, at, the, at the first year... I thought that uh, I, I was apologetic to my non-parent friends because I felt like, oh my God, it's so horrible to me. Imagine what it's like for people who are, who, who these kids are not theirs. Right. Um, I, I think for me, it was, it was, e it made it easier because I moved away to New York uh, for the first few years. So, so those are probably, probably would have been the most annoying because they would have been the most chaotic. Mm -hmm. um, when I moved back, you know, they were, you know, almost five, I believe. Um, you know, so then, so then we, you know, we moved into a situation where I could start playing with them, I could start hanging out with them, taking them to the park, you know, um, and, and it's only their availability. You're talking about, you know, uh, the parent availability, um, has only grown since then. I mean, cause now I do activities with the boys, uh, like a couple of months ago, we all went to a football game together. Um, That's you know, some kind of a sporting thing. Yeah, allegedly. It's, okay, it's, please yeah, continue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I we have similar interests, and so we go, we and we go out and do things. You know, so I and if I and like I said earlier, if I ever need one on one with either of them, I just raise my hand. You know, uh, there's things I, I I can hang out and do with Tommy. There's things I can hang out and do with Rich if I want. Um, are there things that we can all do together? I, I've seen so many movies with the boys and just hanging out at home. You know, uh, now it's gotten to the point where they just ignore me. You know, <laughs> because they've got their video mine game craft uh, something craft mine craft. <laughs> Minecraft. Minecraft house of craft. I don't know <laughs> craft macaroni and cheese whatever. Um, so so. Now I go over and I get to play with the boys, but they get a little distracted with their friends. So it's daddy and papa and Dwayne time, you know, right. so. What do you think, um, it's a question for both of you. What do you think for a prospective dads who are now listening to us and worried about their, their friendships, what can they do in order to maintain their friendships after the kids are born or before, if there's something they can do before? Um, identify those you think will stay around. Uh, communicate with them that you know you may need their patience, but that you're not going very far, um, and that at one point or another you're going to need their help. Scott. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I, th I think it's just a matter of for both people, both the parent and the friend, you have to make a bigger effort to carve out time, right? Um, and you have to be prepared for that you know, and whatever that may be. And like I said, with your kids getting a little older, I feel like now, like if I am at your house, we, the chances of us having like more conversation is a little easier because they're consumed with the television and Pixar and, <gasps> you know, or Warner Brothers. Or a Warner, <laughs> or a Warner Brothers property. Yes. Thanks or Spider-Man, which we don't know where that falls. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, there's editing. <laughs> Do you find yourself now... Uh, some sort of uh, experts in in parenting because you've watched your friends parenting and now you can advise other friends who think about that i think i had the potential to be an expert early earlier before them because i like i said i came from a large family i, I literally have okay. hundreds of cousins so i was always around like young young children or uh or you know young cousins um but raising children today in Los Angeles, I mean, that's a different beast. 
Um, so yeah, I do feel informed. Do I feel motivated to go out and procreate? Mm. <laughs> uh, it's a different story. Yeah, it might actually push you in the opposite direction. <laughs> uh, Scott, what? I'm not going to ask it the same way that that Jan just did, but I want to know this. What would you tell, or what are you telling gay friends who are thinking about having kids um, based on your experience with us? And there's no lying allowed on this podcast. No, seriously. I, I, I mean, I would just tell them it's all-consuming. Right. Your whole life will be about your kids at least for a while, and it will dramatically change the way you approach everything. Right. From going to the grocery store to the gym to watching TV, which you no longer do. I watch the me, me I watch the celebrates TV as a job, like, yeah. and every time I go to you, just did you see this? And you're like, we don't watch TV. What are you talking <laughs> yes, about? So, that's true. Yeah. Okay. I started watching some television now. It's starting. Don't, don't lie on. Don't lie. <laughs> don't lie on the podcast. Uh, if someone would ask me this, like, if I have a if I have a couple uh, who's thinking about having a family, um, I I've actually referred some of them to my other friends. To say, hey, you know, this is what I've noticed. This is what I've seen. Uh, but let me put you in touch with so and so. They've done it this way, and, and they they are at this level, you know. So what I do is I try to play, you know, sort of matchmaker with my friends and, and you know hook them up so they can get you know input from people who are actually parents. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't discourage or encourage. Um, oh, I have discouraged once. They did not have any business having children. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's funny you should mention because I I I think that people are generally terrified yeah. of taking that step and I don't think they should be so terrified of it. I think that if you feel like somebody you know really ain't the right kind of person to have a a kid, I mean, we're going to get some good email from this statement. Oh, I'm sure. I think that you you should up and say it. I mean, you could be wrong and they could not listen to you. That's right. fine. But I don't think there's anything wrong with people getting. There seems to be this kind of common, especially with gays, this common thing that says, oh, they want to have kids. Oh, it's amazing. Go, no, go have no. kids now. Oh, yeah. And I think that uh, there are people for whom it's going to work and people right. for whom it's not. Yeah. Your role as a friend and a uh, uh, a confidant doesn't end just because they want to do something as large as you know having a family. And y- your conversation can start just uh, as easy as, so what are you expecting it to be? What you know? What do you mm-hmm. think that looks like? And what do you think you need to do to prepare for that? Yeah, you know? I I watched Downton Abbey as the way of knowing what parenting was going to be like. <laughs> you know, six or seven maids, twenty four hours a day, and uh, occasionally you see the children. I watched the Kardashians. <laughs> Oh my god! Actually, you guys I, watch a lot of TV. educational television. <laughs> Actually, for me, what's interesting is is because more than any other time in my life, now I've met guys, whether it's first date, fifth, or twentieth, who are like, "I want kids. Let, let's talk about if we want to have kids." And for me, I'm like, "You're really jumping the gun." Because again, I don't think kids are just the starting point. You have to have that strong relationship first. You have yeah, to build all exactly. that to know that right. you want to have kids together. And so many people come into it now who are like, I want kids. You know, know? it's funny, in in, I think the last episode we talked about the fact that um, there has been such a radical change in in gay men's lives that have turned them into old-fashioned conservatives from like the late Mm -hmm. 1800s. And what I mean by that (laughs) is 
because uh, partly because we start later in life in a lot of things um you do you start saying well will this marriage be good financial you know thing and uh, are you looking to have children and you know all of this kind of stuff that seems very old fashioned even in the straight world but i think part of the reason why is if you're 40 something years old and you're dating and you've really wanted to have children one of the things you might be saying to yourself is even if this guy is amazing, do I want to get involved with him if in the end he's going to go to having children? Because, you know, my biological clock is ticking. And right. it's just a, an, a weird, amazing transition in the gay world that, like, we've all turned into these, you know, old-fashioned people. Yeah, I, I think it's important in the historical context. I mean, uh, you know, uh, gay parents now don't have a lot of modeling to look up to because uh, it hasn't been done a lot. I mean, this is, you know, the, the gay, you know, gay marriage, gay families. A lot of this is new. That's why, you know, there, I'm, there aren't a lot of books out there on gay parenting. You know, I don't think right. there are. You know, um, just because this is new and uncharted territory in most places. Um, so I think that's why guys like yourselves and Tommy and Rich, you know, they're figuring out and doing it the best they can in ways that, that uh, suit them and support their uh, family and friends. And you know what? To that end, I want to add... Um I am so thrilled that my kids are, um, you know, have it, uh, Scott and other people in their lives who are gay and out and comfortable. Not not because they may be gay, although they may be, because it just makes for so much richer life for them to see people who are, um, you know. Uh, happy with who they are and comfortable right, with who they right. are and also because gay people are more fun than straight people <laughs> as a rule it's just a rule <laughs> um and and i just you know i think that our house is very blessed by the gay stuff we have boas in our house what are you gonna and do wigs. about it boas wigs gay people um <laughs> i have a question about so you mentioned that you're coming from a, a large family, Dwayne. Yes. So um, do you think it has an effect on the way that you accepted the fact that Rich and, uh, accepted the family and got into the family relative to maybe other friends of them? Oh, yeah, That yes. they were not as much into it as, as you? Yeah, uh, my mom was one of 16 children. And my dad... Whoa! And my dad was one of 11. Oh, my God. <laughs> so everybody had babies. So if two people people are in love gay straight whatever and they want to have babies i'm like yep that's what you do mm -hmm. you get together and you have babies um so so that just i mean that just seemed like a, a natural progression of their relationship and their love you know and particularly it was a focus of you know uh, of, of theirs so do you see but do, when you look at other other friends of uh tommy and rich who who didn't have that that much of a large family do i notice do a think, difference in how they yeah. perceived it um I don't know that I cared enough to try to understand what their perceptions were. Mm -hmm. um, I knew so, I, I there are a handful where I I knew you just you just know who's naturally going to take a step back um, because they're either not fans of children in general or they just they don't want to disrupt their lives. Um, but those close to uh, Tommy and Rich, uh, I don't think they questioned uh, the 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 choice, the process, the the, the love that they were going to give those kids. Uh, or anything like that, um, you, but I, I think deep down, sometimes you know, you know who's going to stay and you know who's going to support you. Uh, from conversations, I, I think there there's some there's some disappointment in not mm -hmm. seeing you know you know this person or that person for X, X amount right. of time. You know, 
Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I've never, I'd never seen a situation or heard of a situation where any of their friends was like, oh, that's not a good idea. Why are they doing that? Right. Or this seems odd, mm-hmm. you know. We're coming towards the end, so Scott, do you have anything in your notes that you haven't talked about? <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily. Actually, I was just sitting here thinking, though, that like the the last boyfriend I had was very pro-family, and I kind of started feeling like a couple months in that he pictured me as like, you know, the stay-at-home wife who's going to, you know, Ooh. because he, he's, well, you know, he's, he's very, I mean, he's a showrunner and he's a uh, actor and all this kind of stuff, you know, he's got a big life. And the more we talked to him, I'm like, I don't see you doing anything, anything. to change your <laughs> life. But you talk about this as if the kid's just going to suddenly fall in and, and make its own place in there. And I'm like, it looks to me like you're thinking I'm going to change and right. it's going to, and right. no, 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 no. Like, you know, I remember that with Alex. I'm like, you're going to have to change your life. And he was adamant that he would not. It's like, no, 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 no. I get a lot of things wrong. Um, <laughs> but I do want to say how how pleasurable for me the images of you in uh, a French maid's outfit yes. and like maybe like a, a feather duster, you know, yeah. with the children at home with maybe some flower on your face. I like the image. Well, the funny thing you probably forget is that, you know, even though I've never really wanted kids, I worked in a company that did early childhood development and I worked with kids closely really? for three or four years. Like I know all about phonics and learning and early jet, <laughs> like that's, we created products for all this. Right. That's all I did for three or four years. So I was around all these little kids, but I mean, I think it'd be a great dad. It's just, do I really want to be? So yeah. Do you really want to stop like all of like the work and everything in order to be right? That? Yeah. Right. Okay, guys, thank you so much. It's been such an, a lovely and, and wonderful conversation. Um, I, I wish you all continuing friendships. And I'll just push Jan out of the way and say, uh, due, due to the, the time of the year and all that, that uh, I am every day blessed by the fact that Scott remains my, my best friend and my, my, Likewise. my, my closest. And, uh, you know, please be patient with me. Let's see if we can't make things good. And, and vice versa. Oh. I mean, it's, it's family. It's what you do. Crying season. Can, it's the I season could finale. It I could pull <laughs> it out. Miss everybody. <laughs> okay, that was Alexa, oh, Alexa kicking in. Hey Alexa, shut up. <laughs> she's so crazy. Yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> she is. Um, that's it. That's it. Thank you guys Thanks. very much. We'll be for back in spring. Yes. Maybe a little surprise in the middle. Oh, we didn't come up with a cliffhanger. Don't don't. Oh, don't. Is it getting... possible that we're pregnant again? Yes. Someone showing. Hint. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of us. Thank you all very much for listening to the first season. And we can't wait to. uh, We'll be back. And while while you're waiting for us, and maybe if you want to go back to earlier episodes, that would be great too. But uh, I think the best way will be to keep in touch with us through our. Facebook group. So if you go to Daddy Square on Facebook, you can see a linked Facebook group. I also uh, will post a link to it on our episode page. Um, also, Alex and I have created a gift for you all. Don't forget about it. It's uh, it's a mini magazine that with some quotes, links, and material from uh, things that we went through throughout the season. So just log on to DaddySQR.com and download it. It's free and it's fun. Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year. Did I miss any? I think that's it. Bye.
Bye, guys. See you next year. Bye.